Hey everyone, welcome back to the White Coat Club. My name is Lindsay and I'm one of the counselors at Moon Prep. And today I have Nicole with me and I also have um, someone who hasn't been on the podcast in a while, Grant, um, who's also one of our counselors here. Today we're all going to be discussing uh, multiple mini interviews or the MMI. Before we get started, don't forget to like and subscribe for more BSMD and med school admissions content. All right, Grant, um, to kick us off, can you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your background? Yeah. So my name's Grant, like we discussed. I'm uh, currently doing my diagnostic radiology residency in Michigan. I'm in my first year. And uh, so then I did my medical school down in New Mexico, and I'm originally from Utah. So kind of been all over the country for, for uh, training, but yeah, I, uh, I went to Weber State University for my undergrad, a little bit more of a traditional pathway into medical school. I didn't really know I wanted to do uh, medicine until I was about 20 years old. So I got a little bit of a late start and and uh, kind of had to, you know, make things work. But, you know, uh, it's worked out pretty, pretty well for me. I'm, I'm very happy with where I'm at. And, and, uh, you know, I, I really enjoy helping people get used, get, um, you know, used to these MMIs and and the different scenarios and and kind of helping people through some of these difficult questions and and helping them feel more comfortable for their interview. Amazing. And when you were going through the med school admissions process, did you have to do an MMI interview? Yeah, I did. I did a few of them. This was a this is pre COVID, so it was in person, and they may have been a little bit different than how they are now but for the most part they were uh generally the same the same format and same concept but uh yeah i i got to uh experience the the joys of an mmi a few times perfect let's get some experience doing this um yep. all right, well, <laughs> let's dive right in um nicole how about you kick us off with telling everyone what an mmi interview is yeah, so the MMI stands for a multiple mini interview, and it's just a different format from a traditional interview. One of the most notable differences is they ask a lot of situational-based and ethical-based questions, whereas a traditional interview will kind of stick to the basics of items on your resume and talking kind of about yourself and your prior experiences. So the MMI is primarily used in BSMD uh, admissions and medical school admissions. So the questions that they're asking are more medical-based and the ethics that they're asking are more related to medicine. Grant, tell us a little bit about the timeline for MMI interviews. Um, when are kids typically interviewing, uh, both BSMD and medical school students, when are they typically interviewing and about you know how much time do they typically have to prepare? Uh, for BSMD students, they can expect to be interviewing, uh, especially the MMI interviews, um, late January, February, and March, sometimes into April. As as far as how much time that they need to prepare, I say if we can get through about three sessions before their interview, which each session is about an hour to an hour and a half. Um, so, you know, depending on the student, they could they could do that prep and in about a week if they had they have the extra time but for other students it usually takes a few weeks to get through those three ses sessions so 
I like to tell students they, they should start preparing as soon as they start applying to, to these schools. So uh, the best practice would be if you're expecting to have an MMI or any traditional interview, you should, you know, get a book, start reading, just start introducing yourself to some of these topics and and some of the, you know, formats of of the interviews. That way, when it comes down to, you know, preparing and, and getting into the mock interviews and everything, then you can really be comfortable even before even before that. So um, you, you really can do a lot of self-study and and. Uh, just exposure to those things can help a lot. For medical students, typically it's it's into the into the summer. So they they'll interview, they'll start interviewing late summer, and it doesn't really differ as far as if they're MMI or traditional interviews. They kind of just interview all at the same time, and then you know depending on where you're interviewing, it can, it'll be traditional or MMI, just depending on where. You're at. Nicole, what are some schools that use MMI for BSMD? Because there's really not a ton that are doing MMI. Yeah. So some schools that we know that have done it um, in the past and we know that are doing it this year, uh, University of Alabama with the Alabama School of Medicine, uh, UMKC, uh, RPI with Albany Medical College, Siena also with Albany Medical College, Syracuse, Union. Drexel um, and Virginia Commonwealth University. And I guess we should also establish is you'll never like walk into a surprise MMI. Mm -hmm. Like they always will email you beforehand being like, here's the Mm -hmm. format you can expect. Here's what an MMI is. And usually they do go through like a mini like crash course on like what MMI is beforehand, just to kind of explain what to expect. And of course, like you could be looking it up yourself and kind of having that base knowledge, but mm-hmm. you will never, ever like walk into an interview with um, union, for example, without them telling you beforehand, like here's kind of the format of what to expect. So don't be right. as scared of like walking into an interview and being like, surprise, it's MMI. <laughs> yes, they will email you when they give you the invitation. I have something else that I've seen come up quite a bit though, is a lot of times students will share the emails with us and show us, Hey, look, I got invited. And they'll say, you don't need to have, I don't remember which school this specifically, but they've said in the email, it's an MMI interview, but you don't need to prepare anything. And there's no medical kind of knowledge needed for this interview. But then sometimes we get those questions. We kind of find out what they've asked and it kind of seems like you would, or you should need some type of a little bit of background as far as medical ethics. And I think we're going to talk about that a little bit more, but have you guys seen that too? Um, I, I have not seen that personally, but I mean, it makes sense. So I think a lot of these schools think that, you know, you really should be able to answer like the, the way you can format the answer in the MMI really can make you kind of dance around, like picking a definitive, like a definitive answer. Um, so even though you can't prep, like you're not going to know any, like everything about medical ethics, but the way that you can answer these kind of puts a a pretty good buffer on, on what your actual answer is. If that makes sense. It might make sense more when, once we start talking about that. Yeah. And I can't remember if I've seen that, but yeah, I feel like that's another fear that students have is like, I have to know everything. And the good news is, at least for like BSMD, I feel like it is a little less scary than what you read online. 
Um, and that's another thing that I think students will Google MMI and they only see like med school admissions like prep and like questions and things like that. And those are, I think, are a little bit more intense where they might need to know about, you know, different like abortion rules overall and, um, you know, end of life care and things along those lines. Whereas, I mean, I personally haven't seen a ton of questions about MMI related to like, you know, kind of more intense, like medical issues where it's like medical ethics, maybe yes. And like work-life balance of a physician or things along those lines, but you know, it doesn't get as I think nitty gritty as like the med school admissions does. Is that something you guys have seen too? Yeah, I would say definitely the the medical school interviews are going to be a little bit more intense on the on you know actual medical knowledge, like as far as the um, the ethics and stuff. You're you're still going to get some ethical questions in the BSMD um, MMIs, but I would say more so for medical students. I think a lot of the situational based or the ethic based questions um, that I've seen come up for high school for BSMD is like you catch someone cheating on a test or something that they've like experienced in real life um, versus something medically. Mm -hmm. Completely agree. And so, yeah, I've had kids who like will will have like be looking up their own practice scenarios, which we'll, we'll dive into some scenarios in a little bit and see all these like super scary ones. Um, and that are really medical based and they kind of freak out thinking like they have no, no understanding of like what these things are and like how much they need to Google. But, you know, at 17 or 18 years old, you really don't have as much experience as someone who's, you know, 23 and applying to medical school and has been volunteering or some kids who've even been working as like medical um, assistants or whatever it might be. And so, yeah, it is, it is kind of a different, a different ball game for BSMD and medical school students. All right, we're kind of dancing around the question. Grant, can you kind of dive in a little bit to what does the MMI test? Really, the MMI is testing you on, you know, how you handle different situations. So these situations might be things that in real life might be a little awkward or, you know, it might make you feel a little uncomfortable, you know, kind of like you just mentioned the the cheating, you know, you saw someone cheating on a test. What would you do? You know, in real life, if that were to happen, it, it might make someone pretty uncomfortable to have to choose between, you know, their friend or doing the right thing. And that's kind of what these want to these these questions, they they want to just see how your your thought process works as far as what you should do in that in those types of situations. So it's really just a way for them to uh, to view you know, the inner workings of your, of your mind and, and the different choices and decisions you make. Now, what are, I and mean, I know we kind of talked about this, but let's establish it. Um, Nicole, can you dive into some, what are like some example, like types of questions you might see? Yeah, definitely. So c- scenario-based questions, I think are probably the most popular and the mo- the biggest difference between an MMI and a traditional interview. So those could dive into, like we said, medical ethics. Maybe they're talking about confidentiality. Maybe they're talking about informed consent or um, talking with a minor versus traditional ethics where they'll ask about stealing from a store, breaking a rule at school, cheating on a test, things like that. So we've seen a whole variety of questions kind of asking, what would you do if you were in this situation? And the broader picture behind it is basically an issue of one of those two things. Um, I remember 
specifically there was one um that we use a lot in preparation of you see someone cheating on a test at school and you were you observed this you know what would you do would you tell the teacher would you not tell the teacher like you know kind of how would you handle the situation um and then as far as the medical ones um there's one where someone is asking their physician they say you are the physician and someone's asking you to kind of sign off on the fact that they had been sick prior and were unable to um go on their vacation that they had paid for so you know they're looking for a refund and they need to prove that they were ill so they're asking you to write a note saying that they were ill um during times that you hadn't seen them or you know hadn't treated them so things like that um are some of the questions that we've seen but it's really kind of not just allowing you to explain I would do this or I would do that, but kind of more of the why behind how you got to that answer and what things you took into consideration when forming your response. Now, as students are kind of preparing, especially for those scenario-based questions, um, what are some of like the tips that you go over and best practices for preparation that you do with students, Grant? I, I like to teach students that really any of these questions you can take pretty a pretty similar you can you can kind of treat each question the same um, and you can use like a step a step-based approach to to all of them the first thing i always tell students to do is to repeat back the question in their own words to the you know to the interviewer or to whoever they're talking to and this this way they're really able to demonstrate that they they understand the question first of all and then once they start talking since they they've already demonstrated that they know the question then it kind of just sets up, you know, the interviewer to to uh, to listen and and even more importantly, if they don't understand the question, then it'll be apparent and you know either the interviewer can correct them or or you know they might have a little more leniency on if you if you uh, come up with some left field answer because maybe you didn't really understand the question. So I always tell each student to first repeat the question back. And then the second thing is to find the ethical, any ethical dilemma that's in the question. So after you do those two things, you pretty much have yourself set up to answer the question and, and you have a good direction on, on where they wanted you to take the, take that question specifically. And so after you've done those two things, you can kind of, you know, play detective a little bit and, and uh, talk about. If it, you know, if it's some ethical situation, you want to talk about the different, you know, if there's different sides to the story, you know, if there's different people you need to um, take into consideration on how they're feeling or their thought process, you pretty much just want to put your uh, your tentacles out and and feel around and and uh, make sure you're approaching the situation from different points of view and and getting you know really the full picture of of the situation. And then that way you can kind of walk, you know, you walk your, your way through that and you, you uh, basically talk out loud what your brain would typically think in the situation. So yeah, that, that's, that's an easy way. You know, any question you get, you have those, th that like a step-based approach and doing it that way, you know, it, it makes it more organized first of all, but it also kind of breaks down the question into, into easy uh, easy steps that you can follow and, and that way you, you make sure that you answer it well.
And a lot of the times too, for like these scenario bases, like you don't know how the other person is going to react. Like, so for example, going back mm-hmm. to like, you see your mate cheating situation. So like the solution you might come up with is like, well, first I'm going to like approach them about, about cheating and like get themselves to turn them, turn it, turn themselves in. But what is if like, they don't turn themselves in? Like, what would you do next? Like, what would be your next course of action? So like talking through like multiple steps is really key because um, first off, you got quite a bit of time. I don't know if we established this, but a lot of the times you have anywhere from like five to eight minutes per scenario, like to discuss with the interviewer. So it's a lot of time. And so you do want to showcase your different perspectives and, you know, your ability to, to empathize with people and also to like, you know, approach situations and make decisions. So if it is like the roommate scenario of cheating, you know, if they don't turn themselves in, like what would be the next step? And then if that, if, you know, X, Y, Z happens, then what would you do? So showcasing like how, how you'd approach things is, is really important. And you're right, Grant, talking it through. A lot of people do not, do not talk it through enough. (laughs) Yeah, that is true. Now, what's some common mistakes that you see students making? Yeah, you know, kind of like we just talked about, sometimes uh, I think one of the most common one is that students, they, they don't they don't talk enough. They don't think the the entire situation through. Sometimes it's it's easy just to like, you know, especially in like a traditional interview, they they want more of like a streamlined answer. And, you know, it's more conversational. You don't want to like ramble where the MMI, it really can kind of lead to <laughs> what feels like rambling because you're trying to, you know, work this entire situation out. And that's not, it's not the natural thing to do out loud, at least. Right. So a lot of times students will just, they'll just pick a lane and they'll stay in that lane the entire time and they won't. They won't change lanes. They won't, you know, even consider talking about anything else, but they'll just pick whatever sounds best to them at that time. And they'll just talk about that. And then they'll end it without reconsidering any other um, like points of view or, or anything like that. So I think that's, that's one of the most common mistakes students make. Another one is students don't answer the question. So a lot of times they, they, either, you know, due to not really fully understanding the question or they'll they'll kind of like take the easy way out and try and beat around the bush, so to speak, to to not have to fully answer the question, kind of to put off the the inevitable of having to to answer that question. Um, that that can happen quite a bit actually, especially when when students are nervous or, you know, it's a pretty fast paced uh interview process with multiple you know there are multiple of them and and uh yeah yeah and i think one thing that sometimes kids don't really think about is like what as you said kind of like what the question is asking so i know one that i use in practice sometimes with students is about like um you know you have a job like working in like the medical field um your parents you know ask you to quit the job though because you know they need help with childcare they say they'll pay you like the same amount as your job, but to do childcare instead, like what would you do? And like they also, the question also prefaces that you need the job to like pay for your college tuition. And so a lot of kids kind of get caught up in like, oh, well, I'm still making the same amount of money. Um, it's okay to quit the job and do childcare instead. Cause it's like, you know, the same, 
but like, you know, kind of forgetting about the fact that it's not just about like the money. It's also, you know, you're working in the medical field. It's like, you know, you want to apply to medical school. So like all of these things are more, you know, maybe as the experience of working in the field is more important than the money per, per se. So, you know, it's not just about, about the money, but they'll get really caught up in, in one thing and not really, I think, fully consider the whole situation. Um, Nicole, are there any common mistakes you see your students making? Uh, I think kind of piggybacking off of what Grant said, they, and what, what you've also said, they kind of go in one direction and they stick with it. Whereas I think a if they're not maybe 100% positive or it's a situation that they really have never had to think about, like you said, with the job and, you know, quitting or staying for childcare purposes, um, they're uncomfortable not just picking a side, whereas it's okay to kind of talk through both scenarios. Like I would do this or I would do that and kind of bring up the points of what you'd consider for each decision um, versus I think, like Grant was saying, they kind of just stick to one side and go in that route, uh, even if they're not really confident in what they're saying or like why they're arguing that point. Now, as, as students are preparing, is there anything in general you'd want them to keep in mind or like any other like last thoughts you have about MMI? Yeah, I think one of the most important things that you can remember is the more, you know, the more that you're exposed to these questions and, and just the format and how it all works, the easier they they get to answer and you know you'll you'll start picking up on clues like clues to what what might be expected in the answer so some of the best books are the ones that just go over you know scenario after scenario after scenario and it really is something that you can get you can get better at and it it just takes some practice and some time and and uh really you can improve a lot uh pretty much every student i i work with you know, from the first question to the to the last, you know, I usually see quite a bit of improvement and and uh, you know, their confidence is just on another level after after we do a few sessions and and uh, yeah, it's really cool to see. A lot of them are are very grateful after and and they and uh, yeah, so just just keep working and and you know, buy some books on Amazon, you know, reach out, do some sessions with us, and uh, yeah, you can really improve. Cool. Do you have anything you want to add? I think just practice would be a big thing. Like we have tons of videos on YouTube. We have the book, like Grant said, you know, practice with us and then watch the recordings back. I think really helps, um, but be confident as well. And that usually just comes with practice. And sometimes it does make sense to include like an example from your personal life. Um, like going back to the cheating scenario, like if you have caught someone cheating before, um, you know, it goes from like a kind of an abstract concept to being like, well, you know, here's what I would do in this situation. And like, I can kind of prove that's how I would act because I have done this before. Um, so it doesn't always make sense, but you know, if, if you do have like a similar situation where you have been asked, um, like put in that, that scenario, you know, you can be drawing from your own life or, you know, if it is asking about like, you know, working in a group project where one team member doesn't do very well, once again, you can kind of validate your answer with with personal anecdotes um, and things like that. So they might ask you about that as the, the follow-up questions, of course, but you know, you can always be be including some details of your personal life. Even if it's MMI, it's not like just abstract. It can be kind of a personalized touch to it too. 
I think that's that's it for us on MMI. Um, don't forget to like and subscribe for more great content from the White Coat Club. See you next time.